podcast welcome back to hempication it's not even 9 p.m i didn't realize it's not even 9 p.m and i've already turned off my lights um but i'm not sleeping quite yet i'm gonna post a recording before bed um just last night i turned the lights out around nine and it helped. But I woke up at like 4. And it was a little rocky wake up. Um, but I felt good. And stayed up. <clears throat> so I'll see if I keep waking up early like that or what. Um, I have noticed when I'm up early. I can have a couple caffeine breaks. And you know, still be able to function <clears throat> fine and, like, sleep at night. But I've also kind of tried my best to reduce my stress levels with the work change and <clears throat> all those kinds of things. All the transitional things I've been dealing with uh, over the last months. Um, but, yeah, I just wanted to record again it's been a bit I know um I might go through some of my journal not all of it but um pull a prompt pull a topic from something I've written in a journal um but yeah today has been a pretty reflective day. Um, I can't find my chapstick. Yeah, today's been pretty reflective. Um, I've basically been... Uh, like, yesterday was Weed Wednesday, as I say. And um, <clears throat> my intention yesterday was to be less productive than I was. I ended up being, like, really productive yesterday, and, you know, I was kind of going until about 8 p.m. or so, from, like, about 6-something in the morning. Uh, I mean, I took a breakfast break for maybe, like, an hour. I took a lunch break for maybe about an hour, maybe an hour and a half, two hours. I don't know how long it really was. I'd have to look at my kind of timestamps for what I keep track of, what I actually do from when to when, um, and, yeah, but, you know, things have been looking up, things have been going well, I've been trying to just pace myself, pay attention to myself, um, just, uh, uh, I don't know. <laughs> um, just try to get things kind of situated. Uh, I do feel a lot better, though. Like, there was a while ago where I wasn't feeling too good. And, you know, I've basically been sleep, focusing on sleep, um, diet, and exercise. And when I say diet, I don't mean I'm like, eating nothing but, like, iceberg lettuce and, like, a seed, like, one sunflower seed or something, like, I'm not starving by any means, basically, all I've really done is try not to really eat fast food, if I do, maybe once a week tops, and pay attention to the calories, because a lot of times fast food for, like, one meal is over a thousand calories, And so if you have one fast food meal, that's usually most of your day's worth of calories right there. Unless you're, like, really active. So I'm trying to pay attention to my active days. Uh, It's going to be a process because I'm kind of, like, starting a 
a way of like looking at things, but I'm keeping it simple. I'm looking at my exercise and, you know, tailoring my food intake accordingly, pretty much. Um, I'm trying not to eat like way too much of carbs. Um, so I'm trying to do maybe one meal with carbs or, um, maybe two, (laughs) excuse me, if I'm feeling more hungry, maybe two meals with carbs, um, and otherwise, you know, like today for breakfast, I didn't really have any carbs. I had eggs, a couple different salsas, um, I had a bit of a beef kielbasa sausage piece, um, some strawberries, that's all I had for breakfast, uh, before that I had, um, caffeine, it was basically some cacao, it was mostly cacao, and then I added a little bit of instant coffee, a little creamer, ghee, MCT oil, um, and lunch I had some rotisserie chicken, this bean, five bean salad, you know, uh, and a a few uh, black uh raspberry blackberries um and for dinner i had pasta salad it was like it had the dressing um just a spiral pasta um swiss chard from the garden tomatoes from the garden onions from the garden uh there were no olives in there um i added parmesan and crushed red pepper i had like two bowls of it um that was a bigger meal yesterday i did eat pretty light though and then that was a bigger meal for today so um because I did have two servings, but I did feel a little hungry, but I was kind of like, you know, um, in all honesty, breakfast and lunch, I didn't eat that much. Like, without the carbs, it's really, neither one of those meals was too heavy, and so having a homemade pasta salad, having two bowls of it isn't really going to kill me, in all honesty. Um, but... Yeah, I'm trying to get a feel for, like, a new kind of a diet routine. But I wouldn't normally be eating, like, two bowls of pasta. Um, I had an edible earlier in the morning, like, at 6 a.m. Um, uh, and it it was a live resin edible and you know it just took me through the rest of the day and that was really helpful for me um so instead of having yesterday be weed wednesday which it was a little bit um today technically was the weed day because i started so early um any day that i do like a wake and bake is kind of like a chill day for me like it's it's kind of my way of forcing myself to not do anything it's how I force myself to just stay still not really go out like I'm not gonna go driving I'm not gonna you know consume a bunch of caffeine I'm not gonna you know uh like do anything you know too much and with too much intensity um like, I basically watched some movies or a little bit of movies. Talked on the phone with a friend for a bit. Uh, talked to another friend for a bit. Did a little writing. Uh, did some other kind of uh, writing. 
uh, spent a couple hours writing, basically, um, and, yeah, so that's kind of what I did, um, I'm kind of trying to write this down so I can keep track of what I did today, uh, so after I talked to my friend, I basically had dinner, and then I did some, uh, writing, uh, it was like journaling, writing, so let me see, hmm, if there's, uh, I'm gonna put my lights out time, lights out time was 8.57 p.m., so I've been keeping track, um, of a lot of the stuff that I do. Yeah, man, this isn't going to be the best of recordings because I'm, like, really tired. Um, but I'm not, like, as stoned as I am sometimes. Um, I mean, I did have it, have that early morning edible, but I haven't had one since. And I've been, uh... Yeah, I haven't since, but I was vaping quite a bit today, um, when I was talking with my friend, um, and just now before I was laying down, and that's kind of why I have this weird throat situation going on, um, so, I don't know if I've talked about this, uh, let me see, um, I have a lot of dreams I've written down, I have a lot of audio journal recordings, and I don't know what's in them, so I can't really do much about that. Um, I, I can't listen to them as I'm recording and they tend to be lengthy anyway, so I'm probably not gonna listen to it right now. Like, I'm not gonna stop recording to listen to it. That'll take too much of a chunk out of my night, probably. Um, I'll probably fall asleep. Um... know if I've talked about this topic let me see it's long actually but let me see it's kind of a good one I think it's relatable but you know uh, I've got some questions I'm posing in this uh, writing so basically I'll just read the questions first I don't really know what my answers are as of today um I just kind of write these things. This was from January 9th of this year. Um, How much energy to give someone who gives either only negative energy or no energy at all? Um, And, you know, so I basically ask questions and give responses to myself. So, the answer was, uh, give the same amount they give, uh, ignore the negative, keep positive, even though it attracts the negative, um, uh, uh, let me see. How often is it necessary to expose oneself to forms of abuse or make excuses for it or allow it by rewarding it? Um, uh, 
and I don't think I put an answer to that but basically you know it's kind of like why would I involve myself with that um and just kind of talking about you know how sometimes there can be people in life that are from who kind of use these like abusive perspective per is it perspective is that is that the word abusive kind of like trends that they have um and you know i think a lot of times Abuse is something that I'm kind of noticing that unless somebody is told that they're abusive, sometimes they don't really know or they act like they don't know. So dealing with abusive people, I mean, I'm, I'm not like the most professional foremost person on this. So, you know, I do think you know, if there is serious abuse going on, uh, the stuff I'm talking about isn't really the best of only directions to take. I would say I'm kind of talking more theoretically and just like food for thought, but also just kind of like things that I think have helped me kind of, uh, get more clarity on such situations but not necessarily like do this and only this um like a lot of abusive situations could be dangerous or lead to potentially dangerous uh situations in the future so to try to like stick with it stay in it all that kind of stuff it's really not my place to tell somebody to stick it out or anything like that or you know I'm not saying that people shouldn't alert authorities, but everyone kind of knows their own individual situation. And sometimes even that as one of the better solution options can be dangerous for some people. It can still be a risk. Um, So I don't really know. Like there's so many different scenarios of like safety and like safety and um um mm. Mm. sorry I'm drinking water um safety scenarios and scenarios surrounding like uh just you know are is a person gonna get the help they need um I don't think what I'm talking about is like the help you need necessarily it's just kind of like talking about some of my own experiences with these types of people um so one thing I've noticed about abusive people if I wanted to take their side So I'll look at this in two different ways. Like, if I want to look at, like, an empathetic side, uh, uh, some understanding and compassion for their situation, um, I don't know about too much abuse that comes from isolation. I mean, sorry, that comes in an isolated way. Like... A person having a good upbringing, a person having, you know, access to all the resources they need for their health, for their survival, for their emotional stability, Um, and then growing up, you know, having all that they need, and then just all of a sudden they just start, like, turning on people and just acting like complete fools. Like, I don't... I don't usually 
think that, you know, that is usually the situation. So, usually when I do notice that there are abusive people around, um, uh, I do try to, like, understand a little bit about, like, their, it's a condition. I mean, it's a condition that bothers other people, but it's a condition, in, in my opinion, um, but I don't know that 100%. I'm just saying it's hard for me to think or at least as far as my experiences, I don't think I know anybody who I can identify that's like abusive, but they're just abusive because they're just trying to act sickly towards other people and just being that way. Um, without any kind of background that kind of leads them to be just not so good towards others. Um, so that's kind of my, I'm not saying like it should allow them to, to continue to be abusive towards others. I'm just saying that, you know, part of me can kind of understand because they have a deficit. Um, you know, um, and so that's one thing that I've, that I kind of think, and in a way it kind of helps me out, um, not to be like reasons to get back around those types of people, but it kind of helps me out if it's like, okay, like, say for example, I have this uncle who's, I mean, this is true, pretty much. I have an uncle who's pretty verbally abusive. Um, Like, he doesn't, like, directly see you and cuss at you or something, but he basically just picks and picks and tries to get under your skin um, until you get annoyed enough that you react in a defensive, kind of angry way. And then he just kind of takes it to a whole level and he just can't let anything go. He is very forceful and aggressive towards people with his opinions. And, you know, he's really, um, um, uh, sometimes he's just not so nice, but, um, uh, and he's a little racist and a little, uh, you know, some other stuff, but, you know, he was definitely raised in an abusive environment. Uh, I'm not making excuses for him. I'm just saying like, he's a family member, you know, I try to be respectful on my end. He's one of those family members lives in, in another state, like a seven hour flight away. Like he's not coming to visit me. He doesn't want to come out out to L.A., you know, ever. Um, you know, I don't talk to him on the phone. I don't have to, like, see him if I don't want to. I don't have to talk to him if I don't want to. I don't have to be near him if I don't want to. Um, but the few conversations we have had, he's very... Um, at the least, he's annoying. Um, he's just not nice to people. Um, but I can see kind of straight through it. And it's like, he doesn't know how to talk to people. Um, you know, um, he says things to try to get under people's skin. He makes, you know, comments about all kinds of things that are just kind of out of his business. Like, they're none of his business. And he kind of finds things to say to people, um, just to kind of bother them. Um, I mean, I'm not like trying to describe too much of the detail of how this guy is, but everyone in the family can kind of agree, like uncle so-and-so is, uh, not the one, you know, like that you kind of want to have to interact with everyone just like puts up with interacting with him um uh 
But I don't know how often people confront him or anything along those lines. So he's just one of those people that you kind of just... For me, I just kind of ignore him. I'm like, there's, I got no, no reason to talk to this guy. Um, but that's just kind of how he is, you know? And, you know, he's the kind of person that, like, every time you talk to him, you kind of are like, why did I even engage in this conversation? Like, <laughs> you almost get nothing out of it um, other than getting annoyed and pissed off. Like, I don't know too many people who come out of any conversation with him feeling better than they did when they started. Um, He kind of tries to make people feel bad and tries to upset people and anger them. He likes to debate. He wants people to be, like, heated up, like, you know, fired up, heated up, angry. He kind of, like, he can't just have a peaceful conversation um, the last conversation I had with him, I was, like, stoned off my ass, and he was trying to get under my skin, and I was just, like, smiling, and just, like, answering his questions, and, mm, you know, just, (laughs) just, like, whatever, you know, um, but, you know, he wasn't too pleased that I was smiling, um, but I was stoned, so I was happy and smiling. Um, but yeah, that's kind of one thing I notice is that people can be, you know, they, they have their backgrounds, they have their problems that they're coming into a situation with, but I don't think sometimes that they notice how people don't like them. Or they realize why people aren't into them. I don't think they really get it. Um, But that's just kind of how it is. Um, I would say definitely there's more of a case against these types of behaviors. Because it's disruptive to everybody. And if one person was abused or neglected or treated terribly, grows up, starts treating other people that way, and then those people who get treated that way by that person end up having issues because of that person, trauma or other kind of stuff, um, because of them, um, I would say, you know, it's it's a problem. Like It's one of those cyclical types of problems that you kind of see in like generations and it's a problem but um I would say the problem it creates for the abusive person is that you know they might not always get their way or they might not ever learn like proper skills to conduct themselves in a manner in which people actually want to interact with them and that they're not creating problems in people's lives uh, either in the current or for the future or anything. Now, there's some stuff that I've noticed about abusive people from the ones I've dealt with, um, firsthand, the ones I've dealt with. So, like... If I take an aunt that, if I take that uncle, for example, um, something I notice is that, you know, they need the argument to be abusive. They need the person to be offended. That's one thing. They need someone to be offended. And then they also need the back and forth part of the argument. Without those two things, this person can't be abusive, right? Um, So kind of finding out what the, I don't know, I guess I call it like the kryptonite, you know? It's like, what is it that's going to shut it down without you having to be, um, what is it that, you know, 
will shut down the situation without you having to engage with them too much um or kind of keeps you in a in a power position compared to them so just like I'm not saying that you know that it's the victim's fault I'm just saying that you know um if you can figure out strategies if you have to deal with them so for this uncle for example like basically I don't give him any fuel um so he can say whatever stupid remark he wants and I almost find a way to like agree with him so it's like for example once we were at an event that wasn't a pleasant event uh it was a pretty tense thing there were negative things happening but of course I was stoned so I'm sitting there like probably like a grin on my face that I didn't really notice and you know so he looks over me and is like is like you seem pretty happy you know like I don't know why you're in a good mood or whatever um and so a situation like that you know you know if you say something like you know I like to practice gratitude or something like that like every day can be full of negative things you know I like to practice gratitude you know I mean they're not going to try to argue too much with that they might and try to point out like oh you're delusional whatever and it's like you know it's the choice I choose to make to you know for living my life the best way that I can you know um I don't really get too concerned with negativity or whatever you know whatever you know and for me that's like plenty to say I don't think there has to be too much more conversation other than that but if a person keeps on you know if someone like that keeps on you know usually what I would do is ask them a question like what do you think about gratitude you know it's like I'm talking about what I want to talk about here like I'm not you know, buying into your, oh, you're going to try to tell me that you need me to feel bad and make me feel bad for not feeling bad and, you know, all that. Like, we're not going down that road. Like, well, let's talk about you and your issue, you know. But instead of me pointing out things, I tend to ask people questions. So, like, you know, what, what do you, what's your opinion on gratitude, you know? Um... And, you know, they might say something, they might not, but um, sometimes, a lot of times when you ask people a question, it's going to be hard for them to, um, you know, try to keep on focusing on you when you flip the conversation and start focusing it on them. I mean, they usually don't like that, and usually the conversation will start to end about there. Um... And I mean, this kind of thing, you know, it it was in with a group of family members around, you know, this guy is still like he doesn't wait for you to be like alone by yourself. Like he's this way with everybody in the room. So everyone else is witnessing, you know, this guy and his negative behavior. And, you know, so it's like you know, you can easily have a lot of people on your own side, um, if you just never are alone with the person, um, because if other people are kind of witnessing the situation, they're usually not going to be sticking up for the, the abusive or toxic person, um, and like I was saying with the, um, like not really fuel, like giving fuel, um, now with the example I gave, you know, I was giving more of an example of like a bit of a back and forth, but you know, sometimes, you know, I've said stuff that's kind of like, you know, when somebody says something like, like that, like, Oh, why, why the heck are you in a good mood or like whatever is be like, I don't know. Like, 
you tell me, like, is that really what, what you think is, is going on? Like, I don't know, you know, just give me, like, really vague, just, like, empty answers, you know? Um, and then even if they respond, like, yeah, look at you, you're, like, grinning and smiling and, like, you know, like, you got this stupid look on your face or whatever it is that they're trying to say that's trying to get under your skin, you know, and you can just, just be like, oh, really? Like, oh, that's pretty weird. You know, you can just say stuff like that. That's just like, you know, it's not like baiting them at all. Like, you're not completely ignoring them and not talking. Um, Like, if you have, if you're in a situation where you feel like you kind of have to respond and talk, it's kind of like there are methods that are kind of like, they sound stupid and cheesy. Like, I'm not saying it even works with everybody because these people have their own strategies, too. Um, another thing I notice, um, just general stuff, they lie. Um, almost all abusive people lie about them abusing people. Almost every abusive person lies to other people. Um, they're not going to openly be admitting what they do. Um, cause they know that they're in the wrong. They know that it's something that needs to stay hidden for their, you know, ego to be protected. You know, usually they're not going to want everybody to know that they're like an abusive, an abusive parent, an abusive elder, an abusive anything, teacher, whatever it may be. So, um, keeping things out in the open helps. Just because, you know, in a public space, other people can witness the whole thing. So there's not, like, some weird, like, like private corner where it's, like, you're just getting bullied by somebody. Um, but also, you know, these people lie. So if it's, like, a situation where other people witnessed it... Um, <clears throat> then, gosh, I'm having, excuse me, oh, my throat, just a second, Okay, I think I'm okay now. So, I was kind of choking on my water. Um, My throat's a little sensitive from the vaping. But anyways, um, if, gosh, like if a person, um is abusive or has these like toxic methods they tend to not really um wanna like they don't they don't want other people to know what they're doing because they know it's wrong so i've noticed in situations where you know, somebody's asked me about somebody, um, and about their, like, abusive situations, I've kind of mentioned, you know, you know, I've been able to kind of, you know, mention, you know, about it, and, you know, when they were there, um, like, I didn't feel at risk or anything, but I was just, like, you know, somebody kind of put me on the spot. This has happened more than once while one of those types of people um, who I knew had abusive tendencies and actions that they had done. And somebody asked me about them. Um, I'm like, oh, they seem nice. Like, 
have you ever had any kind of conflict with them or like you know how are they with like you know if they're mad or punishment and things like that and I'll just flat out say you know it's like you know I'm not gonna I'm not gonna sugarcoat anything I will tell it like it is and you know um if you're not in like a dangerous situation a lot of times just calling it out in an instance like that um you'll usually see that they're going to be like no 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 and try to make you seem like you're saying the wrong thing or whatever but it's like that's not true you know like you know it's true and they're gonna lie about it of course um so just the fact that they're lying about it lets you know that they know what they're doing isn't right um because sometimes it can be hard to be like oh like maybe they just don't know any better but the second they start lying about it is like okay like we were both there so why don't you tell me what happened you know um like I wouldn't say something like that but you know like this isn't really like advice that I can really like give people but I don't know just trying to think of ways to kind of deal with things like this is more for like toxic types of people you know um abuse uh, to some extent but I don't know every every situation varies so much that I almost worry to call it like abuse like coping with abuse um I'm not gonna title this episode that because it's um I don't want it to seem like uh like in case somebody's just like skimming through or like fast forwarding you know I don't want someone to come across something and get themselves into some kind of trouble but um or do something that's going to cause more trouble from them but that is one thing that I have learned more recently is you know lately I think the internet has shed more light on um You know, the internet has shed more light on, um, like, abusive people, really. And, you know, it wasn't that long ago that I heard someone talking and saying, uh, like, online, um, you know, how people refer to a lot of women sometimes as, like, oh, she has daddy issues or whatever, um, but then, like, I think it was Elena Joy and Mac Injimi, they were talking about, you know, like, why isn't anybody, you know, concerned about this shitty dad, you know, it's like, okay, like, yeah, she has daddy issues, but it's like, she has daddy issues because of the shitty dad, and so, you know, why isn't he being held accountable, and like, oh, like, yeah, she had an abusive father, who was a shitty dad and you know instead of blaming it on all of her actions on her like you know blaming it on you know the the parent that kind of led to this daughter having these issues but um yeah like I think a lot of parent, you know, not parent only, but it's like, I think a lot of, um, um, like, those, like, I can't say that the daughter who has daddy issues like, are those daddy issues affecting other people negatively in her life? Like, does she have daddy issues so she's going around cheating on all her partners or something? Like, is it, like, a problem that she's creating for other people? Or is it, like, an internal 
only like an internal thing where it's like you know it's harming it's kind of like hard for her to cope with it but you know she's not intentionally or unintentionally taking it out on other people like it's not creating some other patterns um so that would be kind of like where I would look at to see where it's like okay if somebody with with daddy issues you know if they need help you know they can get help um even if it is only affecting them and not affecting other people directly I would say you know they probably need help anyways but um and the dad probably needed help too so it's kind of like I think when people get help for the situations they can kind of realize that they're a little bit more, um, like, when they get help for the situations, they can kind of realize that they're a little bit more, um, in control of some sort, um, and they won't create, like, this kind of generational cycle of continuing, you know, this type of thing with their children or with their loved ones or colleagues or neighbors or whoever it may be um so I kind of like try to understand this kind of stuff and you know I do write questions about things and try to answer them um usually the questions stem from something that's probably come up in my own life um uh um and so <clears throat> with those questions like how often is it necessary to expose oneself to abuse like it's not necessary to expose oneself to abuse um Like, but, you know, if it can be avoided, it's probably best to avoid it. Um, Making excuses for it, that's something that I notice other family members do. Well, it'll be like, oh, that poor, you know, person had it rough, or like, they just don't know, or like, oh, it's not that bad, or like, you know, um, like I had an aunt once tell me, like, um, you know, there's such a, there, like, you, you know how you were raised, and there's such a thing as good hitting and bad hitting, and I was just, like, those kind of comments, you know, I let it go, because I was, like, this isn't the place to start an argument about this, but, I don't agree with her. Um, I don't agree that there's like a good hitting and a bad hitting. I think that people need to learn better communication skills. Like, <clears throat> it almost reminds me of, you know, when I was a kid, or um, I think I was, yeah, I think I was a kid. I haven't really heard or seen of this in a while but maybe when like the Flintstones were around I think it was from the Flintstones didn't they used to have those big clubs where they would just like hit each other on the heads with them or something um and they would just bonk each other on the head um with things and that's kind of how I feel like I mean of course abusive people are like they're not funny or whatever but it's like it's almost like that style of communication like I'm angry bop on the head with this thing it's kind of like this is like this is like the worst way to like express yourself like you know people need to learn how to use their actual words um I know people who make excuses saying you know children might not understand when you try to talk to them And so that's why we hit them or whatever. And it's kind of like, that doesn't make any sense, you know? It's like, 
um, but I don't know, like, I have my own opinions on it, um, um, and I do have an opinion that, you know, abuse does sometimes get rewarded, like, by people not calling it out, by people being too passive about it, like, I feel that, you know, when people don't call it out, then, um, it kind of gives them, not permission to keep doing it, but they kind of don't, uh, they're not, like, held accountable for it too much, you know, um, and so I feel like if more people would speak up, people who wouldn't be at risk would speak up, you know, um, I feel like it could potentially decrease abusive situations, because I feel like people who are abusive, a lot of times, too, have such this, like, fragile ego about their insecurity, like, there's something about the way that they're abusive that it's it's based on insecurity and when you expose that they tend to not really um you know um like I don't really know what they what they what their intentions are with it but it's like they tend to kind of um usually have better behaviors when they're not, um, um, just let to just do whatever they want to do. Like when they know that people are watching, that people will speak up, they don't tend to like that, you know? Um, and so they'll usually, you know, um, comply with, the rules and the laws that they're supposed to be following um if they're around people that always call it out you know but because nobody calls it out to you know um and I don't mean like argues back with them I mean just like calls it out to be like this is abusive you know I mean it might sound stupid but it's like you know when you say like this is abusive it's like nobody wants to be labeled as an abusive person like that's so like like nobody's proud of that and for someone who already has enough insecurities that they can't even just be kind with their words and use their words and explanations for someone who's on that level already doing so poorly um you know um, it can help them to be held accountable because then at least, you know, they know it's out in the open and to be like, yeah, you're an abusive person. Uh, you're doing an abusive action. You're doing abusive things. Um, you know, and pointing it out kind of like on the spot if it's happening you know, and I, you know, every situation is different, so it's like, you know, somebody's like some kind of young person, and they're being like attacked by some other person, some other family member that's like older than them or something, it's like, you know, that's probably not the time to be like, you're being abusive, you know, it's like, they know they're being abusive, but it's just kind of like, you know, I'm talking about situations where it's like there's not really a lot of risk involved no danger no harm involved um just more so annoyances and just people who are using toxic behaviors um I do think those types of people can be stopped um but also they're gonna have to want to stop but I guess what I was getting at with the rewarding it, um, maybe that was kind of like a victim blaming 
statement that I made uh, that wasn't intentional for it to come across that way. But when I read it back now, I'm like, eh, it sounds a little victim blaming. But I think what I was trying to say wasn't to blame the victim for the harm that they're experiencing, but, you know, more so, you know, not giving that abusive person kind of what it is that they feel that they need. Um, I'm not saying like, I don't know, like, I'm not saying like people have to be like vindictive and bitter, but I mean, you know, um, you know, I think all too often abusive people, you know, people just turn the other cheek and allow life to just kind of move to the next phase like nothing ever happened it's like that to me is almost like rewarding it it's like well you know your family's still gonna be here they're still gonna treat you nicely you know they're still gonna put up with you you know nothing has to change you can just keep being abusive you know something that gives that something that gives them that that like you don't need to change anything because there's no consequence for you um I think that's kind of what I was getting at with the abusive with the with the um rewarding I mean um and it's just the way I'm thinking about it right now based on what I was and based on what I was writing back in January um, none of this is like, excuse me, I'm yawning. None of this is like a one size fits all kind of, uh, like option. It's not professional recommendations. It's not, you know, direct skills to cope with trauma or anything like that. It's just, you know, some food for thought about dealing with toxic types of situations um how to think about them i mean if you if you know people like that and you can kind of think about you know what would this be like with those types of people um i'm not saying you have to do any of it but just thinking about it um i mean in my mind i found it helpful just to think about different things like I found it like pretty empowering to kind of think things through about like their situation my situation I mean now that I'm like an older person it's different because I'm not like forced to like you know abide by anything like if I want to get up and leave and go move I can go do that I don't need to like wait for these people um to do anything for me um and that's that is probably one of the best ways to keep safe is to have your full independence from these types of people um because if you don't have to rely on them for anything um you know they can't really hold you you know you can just leave move stay away you know not have to deal with them not give them your new number, not give them your new address, not be around them um, if you don't want to. And, you know, you have every right to set those types of boundaries. A lot of cultures will be like, oh, you're breaking the traditions and try to pull you in by, like, how my aunt was saying, you know what you've been taught or, like, how other people I noticed they just kind of say like oh that poor person they don't really know they had it bad or other things like you know people just letting things go and just like acting like nothing ever happened um I feel like sometimes that type of attitude in families can really maintain unfortunately the toxic behaviors um and I think it it can take more than one person stepping in or speaking up, but also, um, yeah, I mean, just again, like I, I keep saying it, but this isn't like professional advice. So 
don't take any of this as like, oh, I heard this on this podcast and went and tried to do it and then ended up in the ER. Like, you know, I would hate for some kind of scenario like that to occur, but it's food for thought. And I hope that people dealing with this, I hope it helps.